Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Hey, Buffalo Bills fans. Welcome back to Rumblings Q&A. My name is Matt Warren. I'm the editor-in-chief of buffalorumblings.com. I want to thank all the folks who gave us a call at 716-508-0405 this week. We've got a pretty full show for you. Uh, After the Buffalo Bills lost to the Miami Dolphins down at Hard Rock Stadium, um, Josh Allen put on a nice little show, but there was, of course, things that need to be worked on, whether it's penalties or drops or even just the running game. Uh, The Buffalo Bills certainly were not perfect, and they shot themselves in their foot over and over again, and we'll be answering all those questions on here. Uh, If you don't want to call and leave us a voicemail at 716-508-0405, you can always find us on Twitter at RumblingsQ&A with the word and spelled out in the middle of that, RumblingsQ&A on Twitter, and we'll answer questions from there today as well. So before we get to the individual questions, I've been getting this question a lot. Over the last couple of days, folks have been asking me if I'm more encouraged or discouraged by the Bills' performance against the Miami Dolphins. And I would say that I'm pretty darn encouraged, uh, to be perfectly honest. We we watch the game and we see all the big plays, of course, Josh Allen making Kiko Alonso look silly, you know, turning him inside out on some of those runs and uh, putting some passes where only his guy can get it, um, especially that last play. Uh, where the the ball kind of fell short at the at the end zone as Charles Clay is diving to get it. Um, if Clay comes down with that ball and the Bills score the touchdown there, everyone here is talking about one of the most electrifying quarterback performances, you know, in recent memory for the Buffalo Bills. And and Josh Allen, I mean, was the Bills' entire offense really? Allen was 18 of 33 for 231 yards and two touchdowns with two interceptions, uh, including that one that was the Hail Mary at the end of the first half. He also added 135 yards on the ground, averaging 15 yards per carry. Uh, So he was responsible for 266 of the Bills. I'm sorry, 366 of the Bills 415 yards. That's a pretty high percentage. So he's not getting a ton of help from the, the rest of the Bills offense. LaShawn McCoy averaged just three and a half yards a carry, uh, 15 carries for 52 yards. Marcus Murphy had one rush for seven. And then Chris Ivory ran six times for four yards. Good golly. So with Allen being such a massive part of the Bills offense, only a few games into his rookie season, halfway through his rookie season, really, because uh, he's only played in, what, eight games to this point or something like that. It's been really impressive to watch him him kind of grow. And and I'm of the belief that I really don't care if he's running or passing as long as he's moving the Bills offense. And he did that again on Sunday, and at least this Sunday he was sliding and avoiding hits and things like that. So I would rather have him 
moving the offense than not moving the offense. I would rather have him taking chances, which he has definitely been shown to do on third and long situations. He'll throw it um, where some of the Bills quarterbacks of the past wouldn't have done that. So I'm, I'm glad that he's been doing that at least. Uh, I also am pretty impressed with with some of his ability to find open guys and just chuck the ball 60 yards in the air. And it's been really impressive to kind of watch him grow from there. He certainly has stuff he can clean up, uh, pre-snap reads, uh, setting the blocking assignments, things like that. But you know, some of that's a talent issue on the offensive line, uh, especially with Russell Bodine going to be out for the rest of the season. But they've just been having problems with pressure up the middle and it's been affecting Josh Allen and LaShawn McCoy uh, to a certain extent over the course of this entire season. So if they can get those things kind of squared away this offseason, the sky's the limit for those guys. I really like what Brian Dable has been doing uh, on that fourth 11 play at the end. Zay Jones was open underneath for the first down. Uh, Allen wasn't able to see him because of the pressure up the middle, but he was able to scramble and find Charles Clay open and then hit him in the hands. So, you know, they've, They've been designing plays well. They've been uh, executing plays well. And really, no matter what the situation is, you just feel like Josh Allen has the ability to make a special play to to make something happen, uh, whether it's third and 15 hitting Isaiah McKenzie uh, last week against the Jacksonville Jaguars that was eventually called back because of a an offensive line penalty or, you know, fourth and 11, you know, heaving it to the end zone or, you know, Whatever it happens to be, it, it always feels like Allen can make something happen on offense. The defense at the same time, I mean, was stellar. They were just great. They only allowed 175 yards from the Dolphins. Uh, the biggest problem was scoring. Every time the Dolphins got it into Bill's territory, they were able to punch it in for six. Some, well, pretty much all of them were because of great throws by Ryan Tannehill. Most of the day he was pedestrian, but on those three touchdown passes, he was great. So it's kind of the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde of Ryan Tannehill, but the Bills defense was very good on Sunday. Most days they win and the offense kept shooting themselves in the foot. And then just add on top of that, all the problems with special teams that left four points on the board and handed three points at least to the Miami Dolphins on the muffed punt that Miami was eventually able to turn into seven, not just three. So, I mean, 10 points really from direct result of special teams miscues. I mean, the Bills had every opportunity to win this game and hopefully into the future they will, but that you've got guys in place now that are starting to understand that they have the talent to, to really put together something at the end of this 2018 season and especially going into 2019. So I'm pretty happy after the Bills game. Uh, that's a question I've been getting a lot. <laughs> We don't normally start with a Twitter question for our first question here on Rumbling's Q&A, but in light of the recent news that Kelvin Benjamin and Andre Holmes were released by the Buffalo Bills on Tuesday, that's exactly what we're going to do. This is from at DMA5207583. That's a lot of numbers. Uh, why is KB on the field, meaning Kelvin Benjamin? His snaps actually went up against the Miami Dolphins. He was at around 40% the previous two weeks uh, against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, in particular, his snaps were down. And this week he was back up to about 60%. I don't really know what they were going for with Kelvin Benjamin, putting him on the field for more snaps against the Miami Dolphins. 
it didn't look like he was interested in putting in a whole lot of extra effort or, you know, going full blast for, for a team that was probably looking to get rid of him at some point. Head coach Sean McDermott said he needed to trim the fat off of some of his routes after the game when he was talking to Joe Biscalia from WKBW. So I, I don't know why his snaps went up against the Miami Dolphins. I was curious too. I think the biggest reason he was on the roster was just because they don't have anybody else that can fill that role as that big bodied receiver. And even if he doesn't come down with all the contested catches that he's supposed to, I mean, who else on this roster is going to do that? This is Brett from England. Uh, Foster and McKenzie seem to have brought a bit of speed to the offense. Is it too soon to think the Bills can rely on them, or should we still be thinking about adding speed in the draft as a top priority? Brett, thank you so much for your question. I'm I'm very glad that Rumlings Q&A has gone international all the way to England, and I'm super uh, glad to be answering your question right now. Uh, Robert Foster and Isaiah McKenzie certainly do have a lot of speed, and uh, I, I think if, if Brian Dable and the Bills – offensive staff really want to build around those two guys in the speed department. I think that's perfectly fine, especially because they do still have Ray Ray McLeod on the roster who they drafted last year. I don't exactly know what's going on with Ray Ray. Uh, he's been inactive or even when he's active, he's not getting any snaps. So um, it, I, I don't really know what's going on with him, but he's kind of been replaced in the lineup by, by those two other guys, Foster and uh, McKenzie, McKenzie, especially. Uh, to answer your question about moving forward, I think that you know just with those three guys, you're probably all set with speed. What they really need is kind of that big-bodied number one quote-unquote receiver that can go up and get the ball even when he's covered. I mean, even Doug Whaley was talking about that years ago. They don't have a guy who can fight for the ball and come down with it. And it kind of hurt them even at the end of the game against the Miami Dolphins when, when Zay Jones was hand-fighting with the, the Dolphins uh, secondary uh, and wasn't able to come down with that play that was overturned on replay. So they just don't have that big physical receiver that can, can really just always come down with the ball. They've got Zay Jones, who's a possession receiver. Uh, they've got the speed from Foster and the shiftiness from McKenzie. Uh, they need a tight end and they need that big body receiver, those big safety valves for, you know, a young quarterback can really be helpful in the long run. So there's a couple of those guys that are going to be available in the draft. I'm not super excited about the free agent wide receiver class, although Devin Funches from the Carolina Panthers uh, could fit that bill, especially with his familiarity with Bill's GM, Brandon Mean, and head coach Sean McDermott. So he's definitely a name to keep an eye on in the free agent market. But I think your question kind of has two different answers to it. I, I think they're all set with speed if they want to be, but they really do need to add some other types of receiving options moving forward. Hey, thanks for your question. Another Twitter question came to us from Alpha Omega the 18. Does this move basically guarantee we pick up a wide receiver in the draft? And if so, what names would what names should we be looking out for? 
I think they were going to be guaranteed to pick a wide receiver in the draft anyway. Both Holmes, well, Holmes was under contract for 2019, but was never going to be relied on in the passing game. And Benjamin was going to be a free agent anyway. So I think they've been looking at this possibility for a long time now since they decided not to re-sign Benjamin over the season. To answer your draft question part, I went to one of our draft experts at buffalorumblings.com. Uh, you know him as Griff on our site, but his name's Andrew Griffin, and he gave me some information on some of the wide receivers to watch in the 2019 NFL Draft. Hakeem Butler from Iowa State, who is dominant at the catch point, is a jump ball specialist, but has major speed and separation questions. That sounds an awful lot like Kelvin Benjamin, or at least what Kelvin Benjamin was supposed to be. Uh, Marquise Brown from Oklahoma, who's a deep speed threat but is also surprisingly good at running routes, but does have some injury and hand concerns. Uh, Debo Samuel from South Carolina, who's small, versatile, quick, great hands, but has some major injury red flags. Preston Williams from Colorado State, who is hugely productive, has great height, weight, speed, and easily separates, um, and has above-average hands, but has some off-field red flags including a restraining order on his uh, resume. DK Metcalf from Ole Miss has great size and speed and flashes ability at the catch point, but is raw and underdeveloped in his route tree. Uh, he's been out with a neck injury and won't be participating in any offseason events as a result, uh, which could hurt his draft stock. But Griff's overall take is the class as a whole lacks top flight sure things at the top of the draft, but there will be some middle class players available in the last two days. So just looking at how the 2019 NFL draft is going to shake out, he's not expecting the Bills to go all in on a first round receiver. They might have to wait to the second or third round to get a guy to pair with Zay Jones and the rest of the receiver core. So thanks to Griff for answering our question this week about the 2019 NFL draft class at wide receiver. And again, you can find his work at buffalorumblings.com. Thanks for the Twitter question, Alpha Omega, the 18. You can send us your questions at, you can always find us on Twitter at rumblings, Q and A with the word and spelled out. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation. And I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seemed smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. Hey, Matt, this is Ashley calling from Sheffield, England. Um, I'm just curious what you think about all these petty penalties we've been getting. Do you think it's just a rookie situation and it'll calm down? Or do you think there's deeper issues that need addressing? It really killed us on Sunday, so I'm just curious what your thoughts are. Thanks. Go Bills. Wow. Two questions from England for me is pretty special sitting over here in western New York. It just goes to show you how widespread the Bills Mafia is. 
So Ashley, thank you for calling in uh, from England. Ashley actually recorded her question just using her her cell phone and emailed it to me at mattrichwarren at gmail.com to avoid the cost of an international phone call. So if you want to email me your audio recordings, you can uh, get to me at mattrichwarren at gmail.com. And that's on the masthead at buffalorumblings.com if you want to check it out there. For all my penalty information, uh, I go to buffalorumblings.com and I click on Scarecrow's penalty recaps after every single game. And he goes through how many penalties were called on each team, uh, how many penalties were declined on each team, uh, how many penalty yards uh, each team was assessed, but also how many yards each team lost based on the penalties. And he has this metric he has called penalty harm which puts all that stuff together. How many points were taken off the board? How many downs were taken off the board, either on offense or defense? How many yards were taken off the board? All that stuff goes into his penalty harm metric. And uh, in, in this week's one, he showed that the Bills were well above the league average, but so were the Dolphins in this particular game. Uh, I know that John McDermott also said that the, the Bills have just gone way beyond the number of the holding calls in particular and the offensive line calls. I happen to think that those are mostly talent issues. Uh, guys like John Miller at, at right tackle and Russell Bodine at center, uh, even Jonathan Miller and Jeremiah Searles at right guard. Those guys are getting called for a lot of penalties for holding or illegal hands to the face or, you know, all this other stuff because they aren't very good at what they do and they want to make sure that Josh Allen survives the play or that LaShawn McCoy has a chance to make a play. I think as the bills upgrade those positions with more talented players that you'll see that go down. Uh, Wyatt Teller had a pretty rough game with three penalties. Uh, But again, I think that's more of what you were calling a, a rookie mistakes earlier in your phone call. Uh, just checking for Teller, it was he had a really big holding call that took a touchdown off the board that the Bills were able to recover from. Um, there were a couple other penalties that we saw in the Bills that you know, were really close, especially in this game, uh, but the, the crew called. It was the same way last week against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, I think we do have to start worrying about whether it's an undisciplined team, but fixing those talent issues is going to take care of a lot of those penalties too. Now it's time for our Twitter question of the day. You can follow us at rumblings Q and a on Twitter with the word and spelled out at rumblings Q and a and sports guy, 1492 asks, why is Josh Allen being a rushing leader for the team? Has LaShawn McCoy fallen that far from graces? Like I said earlier in the podcast, I'm not really opposed to Josh Allen running it as much as he has been doing, as long as he gets out of bounds and and is able to slide and protect himself and things like that. But I don't think you're really asking a question about Josh Allen running. I think you're asking a question about LaShawn McCoy and and he's been really, really hurt this year by the changes on the offensive line. I think Uh, 
when he immediately gets a guy in his face after getting the ball and doesn't have the ability to see and use his his vision and his quickness and his elusiveness to uh, to find a hole and go with it. I think he's been having a real problem without Richie Incognito and Eric Wood in the middle of that Bills offensive line. That's not to rule out the fact that he probably has lost a step, and whether it's you know he's afraid of getting hit or he doesn't have the quickness he once had to to make the cut that he thinks is there or something like that. He's just been really, really ineffective this year. And I mean, even his his yardage against the Dolphins was padded a little bit by by plays at the end of the first half. Uh, he just he has not been himself. And I just don't see a way where the bills are going to pay him $9 million to come back next year, just because, you know, he's buddies with Josh Allen or he provides some level of leadership. I just do not see that happening. Um, unfortunately, I also don't see another team ponying up any type of asset to get him seeing that he looks like he's falling off a cliff and he's going to be counting I guess it would be something like six and a half million against whoever trades for him. Um, Cause that's his salary in 2019. So yeah, it's, it's a concern that LaShawn McCoy isn't at least up there in terms of rushing yards. And, you know, Josh Allen, if he has another game like he did against Miami, if he has another game like that against the jets, he's going to pass LaShawn McCoy in, uh, in season rushing yards and Allen missed a month of the season. So that's got to tell you something right there. Um, maybe it's scheme, maybe it's talent on the offensive line, but the Bills really need McCoy to step up and really the entire running back um, trio to stand up. And they just have not been doing that so far in 2018. Thanks again for tweeting us your question at Rumblings Q and A. That's going to do it for this episode of Buffalo Rumblings Q&A. As a reminder, you can always call and leave us a voicemail at 716-508-0405. You can tweet us questions at Rumblings Q&A with the word and spelled out in the middle of that. You can leave questions uh, on the show notes at our website, buffalorumblings.com. You can email me at mattrichwarren at gmail.com. There's lots of ways to get in touch with the show. Uh, we, of course, love to have your audio at 716-508-0405 so we can add you and your voice to our podcast. Nobody wants to hear me talking for 20 minutes, so hearing your voice would really help. After you download our show, make sure you go check out the Circling the Wagons podcast, which is also on our same Buffalo Rumblings podcast channel. Uh, Nate does a great job for them over there. I'll see you next Wednesday with our brand new episode after the Bills play the Jets.